The boys are back. Yes, the boys are back. Did someone send out an SOS? Oh, yes, baby, you did. It's speaking of sports 2023. We got new rules. We got new rosters. But guess what? We still got the same old injuries. I'm Big Ray along with the SOS crew, Chad the Wiz Grimley. And the Godfather, Chucky G. Chuck Welcome Grimley. back, big boy. Welcome so back. That's right. Let's get started. It's speaking of sports. Gentlemen, is everybody pumped? How are we doing? We are pumped. We, uh, oh, we, yeah. We're, we're, hey, listen, you know. the city didn't just give us one, uh, uh, almost one parade. They, they almost gave us two, two amazing runs for the, our city of brotherly love. But, Chad, before I kick it off to you, of course, of course, last night, as we, I'm getting ready for the show. I know it's, it's coming. Uh, it, it's 3.13. I, I wrote it down. 3.13 in the morning. I, I just get on a little script, and I said, you know, I'm going to send this to Chuck so I don't get bombarded with the statistics. He's got to be sleeping. The guy's got to be sleeping. It's 3.13. I'm dizzy. I got COVID. Diseases. I don't know where I'm at. I send it to him, and I said, the guy's sleeping, right? The button didn't, the send button didn't even pop back up. The button didn't even pop back up when I saw them squiggly circles. I saw the squiggly dots. I said, the guy's answering me. All work. The guy is answering at 3.13. Any Chuck oh, Chad, he had sentences. It's full sentences. Yeah, the bubbles were, were flowing. The yeah. uh, you got the little bubble the reply with the three dots. All working. Now I gotta stay up and talk to the guy. <laughs> I'm gonna die. He told me he was gonna die <laughs> if I continued to text him. All all work and no play. Right, man, you got to get ready for the podcast. What I what I heard from you at that hour, I was like, "What the heck's a big guy doing up at this ungodly time?" And you're actually making some really good points. I was like, "Oh wow!" One one of the points you did not make was your prediction yeah. about the Phillies from last year. Do you want to? Can we cover that real quick? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I did say they would not make the playoffs. However, they would make the World Series this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I kind of am backwards a little bit. Um, but, guys, how great is it to be back? We got yeah. so much, so much to dive into it with just the rule changes and players switching teams. And, of course, you know, our best guy's out for half a year. But, you know, I, I guess yeah. <laughs> I watched, we filled uh, in for that. <laughs> I, I watched the first 20 minutes of, uh, of a spring game. And I said to Marion, the entire game has changed dramatically. This is a, a saving uh, new rule for baseball. It, it's, there is no dull spots. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's, what can you say? It, it is a dramatic change. It's going to improve everything in terms of the, the long, boring game. Now, you're still going to have, you know, 42,000 strikeouts. And and maybe some more hits. We'll debate that later about the shift. But the ball's in play, and and now it, there's so much intrigue about what the pitcher's going to do with the tiny mechanism. Is he is he if the batter's late getting set, then is he going to get quick pitched by the pitcher? And of course, as you saw, one game ended with the violation, and the game was tied. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it's it's such a positive thing. Was what do you what do you, what's your take, buddy? Well, it was really a um, dynamic off season. Probably the biggest off season changes we've really ever seen from the entire baseball perspective. We talked about the new rules, and as you mentioned, we're already seeing a huge impact. I mean, just a couple games or three days into spring training. And the average time's already down about twenty, almost twenty-five minutes or so, and that's just that's just through three days. And I actually find it more entertaining watching all the guys get out, called out on two strikes or something like that, for the batters not being ready to go. So a lot of people were worried about how the pitchers are gonna going to be dealing with this. Not a lot of people talked about how the batters are going to be impacted, ready to go with eight seconds left on that clock. And we've already seen a couple of examples where batters are already caught off guard by that so they're gonna have they'll, they'll adjust by the time the season comes around but could a game end like it did the other day in the ninth inning automatic strikeout and talk about a really bad way to end the game but it's, it's already happened before we get back to big rates it's, it's a it's a great point was the talk was all about the pitchers nuances and proclivities and things that they do and it's really going to mess with their mind you didn't mm-hmm. see any of that in, in some of the games that I watch, it different. I, I probably over the weekend watched uh, on and off maybe I don't know, 20 innings of baseball. It, nothing noticeable at all regarding the pitching. I saw multiple instances of the batters either not knowing the rule or not being prepared, not implementing. So I agree with you. It's going to be a bigger adjustment for the hitters, not the pitchers. We thought just the opposite when you heard about the pitchers getting Rushed, yes, rushed. What what throw. what people? I don't think anyone really realized was how long fifteen seconds is when you get that ball back, and how short the seven or eight seconds can go once that ball is back and the batter has to get ready. I mean, you look at hitters who would oftentimes step out of the box. Sometimes they would walk a quarter mile before they got back in yeah, the box, yeah. and that can't happen anymore. You have to be in ready to go, and you have to be the hard part. I guess the judgment part is ready by the umpire's perspective. Not you know, how does that impact a guy like Chase Utley who used to sit there and swing his bat? You know, was that considered ready or not? But we've already seen it had an impact and it's gonna have an impact throughout the whole season. And I think really what we're seeing is going to be more of a hitters have to adjust to this than the pitchers yeah. because it's not really a so, ton of time. I have a question for Big Gray and and Wiz uh watching the end one of the games, maybe it was the Atlanta Red Sox game. I say this, uh, right? I'm, I'm interested in your feedback. In the ninth inning, and, and of course, MLB is going to tweak this thing as we go, you know. Sure. But in, in the ninth inning, when the batter represents the tying run, all bets are off. Let it be normal baseball because my first knee jerk reaction is that fans love the high wire suspense the first and second two out one run game they're enjoying the back and forth they like at that point the the stretch the nuances the different things that go on the batter toying with the pitcher by stepping out and getting back in i think when there's at the high suspense apex i would eliminate the rule and let the ninth inning play out like normal baseball when it's a 
the the batter in the batter's box represents the tying run. I think that's, that's a great point. I like the concept, but I think that's way too specific. I think it has to be ninth inning only. I don't think we should get too into the okay. situation because it would be hard to enforce. I, you, you know, I was thinking the whole time as as you were, you know, mentioning the new rule and the hitters. Are they really going to end a game? You know, and, and let's look. You know, playoffs or, or, or you know games for for wild card are they really going to end a game on that on a pitcher or a hitter so they will have to do something either it's going to be a warning after maybe you get one warning after the seventh inning or or something but they cannot i mean guys there will be people rushing the field if a game ended you know on on call third strike because the batter was you know arguing a strike or looking at the ump or something it would, picking something out of his eye, you know. It would be worldwide utter chaos if Game yep. Seven of the World Series, Chad, ended on a, a time infraction with the batter not being set, and and the umpire made the right call by interpretation of the rule, and that's how Game Seven of the World Series abruptly ended. That would be absolutely criminal, and you could, it, it, I guess, a, a bit analogous to the Super Bowl holding call. Uh, but this yep. is a, this is a baseball only show, so I'm not going to dive into that. But if you take away the ninth inning where the rules don't apply, only when the batter represents the tying run, but I think you are allowing for the suspense. So what have we done? Now? Let's let's look at the so tie. so you've saved 22 minutes in in that instance, not your potential 26 minutes. I don't think the fans are too hung up about the four minute add back. So the reason they're not going to do any type of split like that, where Maybe. all of a sudden you're, there's a two-run game, but now there's a walk, and uh, all of a sudden now the pitch clock's gone because the tying runs up at the plate. I think that's just too much for the pitchers to say. I had 15 seconds, now I have unlimited. What they think they'll, if they do anything like that, and I don't think any of it comes this season would be a ninth inning or maybe a seventh inning on exclusion, probably start with a ninth inning situation. You're making my point. You're simply extending it to the seventh inning. Yeah, I think yours is just too specific with saying with a a tying run on. It'll be more generic than that. So on merit, you're giving me a passing grade. Uh, If this is a pass-fail, sure. But I I don't think we're going to see any type of game postseason-wise come down to this rule. I think the umpires will largely unofficially just to ignore it oh, um, in, in, in postseason. I, I, I have a feeling that they just w- will see a lot more leniency. But by then, the batters and hitters, they should have it really down, really nuanced. Yeah. But imagine Aaron Judge, yeah, ending a game looking on because right. uh, he wasn't ready. Automatic strikeout. Chad, Chad, do you think it's something they could give to the coach, uh, for example, you know, how they have two, you know, uh, two timeouts or or make it an offensive timeout if a coach sees that, you know, it's going to happen. They give him two opportunities, uh, you know, to call a timeout or, or whatever you want to call it. Well, there so are the batter- timeouts down built in. Right? Well, I, I could see something like that happening. I do think, and I'm not sure what if this is allowed or not, that if there's runners on base, they almost may have to play a part in some responsibility. If you're on second base and you Great see your point. guys struggling, Great point. hey, maybe you got to call time. Just your shoe or something or whatever brace Correct. they're wearing on their mittens they're yeah. wearing on their, on their hands nowadays. 
I'm not sure Correct. if you're allowed to do that as the base runner, if that rule's been impacted or not. But I know if I was a base runner, I'd be looking out for the hitter, all, hitter on there on the key situation well, to make the, sure they're ready. Right, will the runners decide in between pitches to X for time to get a batting glove off and give it to a, the bat boy running out or a shin guard that they leave on, any protective elbow pad? Will they keep them on so they could take them off if there's a suspenseful moment, just tell the ump, ump, I got it. So there, I, there will be really smart reactions like we saw uh was it max uh scherzer that uh, yeah I yeah think, sure i think it was scherzer yeah either saturday or sunday manipulated the rule already he said if you're if you're set quick i'm going to delight pitch you right to the the max no pun intended and if yeah. you're, and if you're late getting in i'm going to quick pitch you uh and he said this is going to work to the pitcher's advantage tremendously as they you know, play the mental part of all this. So, I mean, there's a lot of things when you think about MLB imposing these changes, all these changes in the same baseball calendar year. You know, we got to get used to the pickoff rule now. I'll tell you, the knowledgeable people in the stadium, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do to some of the other people saying, what's the rule? Why can't you pick this guy off? Well, you can, uh, Harry. You notice I said Harry and not Susie. Uh, but, yeah. but, but, but you can only throw over twice. Well, why, not? why is that? Well, what happens then? Does he automatically get second? Well, if you don't pick him off, uh, it's crazy when you think about it, right? I mean, it's but, a lo- but, and, and Chuck, you know, the pitcher, that pitcher goes on the mound and, and takes his, his shirt tails out. You got a timeout. You got to put, you know, your tail. You know, yeah, you got to yeah. your shirt in. So they're they're going to be doing. God knows, especially these these kids. You know, as we saw today with uh, with some pitchers in, in the newspaper saying how they're going to use the, uh, you know, use this rule. I think the pitchers personally will be torturing the hitters. <laughs> I mean, because they've just got to come set. You know, these hitters got so, you know, Garcia Pera would have a stroke if he was still playing. Oh, man. You know, it's so, one, yeah, to your point, it's one thing for a major league player to know that his batting average is going to go down every year. We've got some stats on that later in the show uh, for MLB averages now down to like 240. They weren't, it wasn't too long ago. They were 272, right? So you already know that in, in your season, you're going to strike out more, hit less, and have to figure out a way to handle a 102 mile an hour fastball. But now you can't step out and gather your thoughts or breathe a little bit. That big boy's coming at you with 102 gas, and you better be the hell ready. There's something, there's something off-putting uh, about the the concept of I can't take a break against a hundred mile an hour heat. You know what I mean, Chad? I, I want to step the hell out and gather my thoughts. You know, I mean, you, I think the batter gets one timeout, so they have to choose yeah, it wisely. He does. He does. When you yeah. go to what Scherzer was saying, is he's basically taking the approach of if you're ready fast as the batter, then I'm going to come set and stand there for seven or eight seconds <laughs> right. and just make you. Be ready for that long, right? Right. Where you're just very anxious, and that's where batters ninety percent of the time would call Step timeout out, after five, out. six, yep. seven seconds of waiting. Yep. And he's taking the opposite approach too, where he's saying, "If you're delaying, then I'm going to be ready, and the second you get ready, here comes the ball." So he's saying, "I'm going to play with your head, and as a hitter, you're going to have to now play by my rules all the time." Versus the batters, which oftentimes could call time and try to control the pace of play. It's basically totally. 100% on the pitchers now where they can great control point. the pace of play. Good point. Great. Yeah, yeah great. You're uh, right. 
Absolutely. Here's a bold a bold prediction, and I want your uh, both you guys to chime in. Will uh, TV and in attendance uh, mem- go up? Uh, attendance go up. Viewership go up because of the rule changes and people are just curious or excited. They want to see anything that's different and unique so that more people are going to tune in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, no doubt. My, my Absolutely. Mind. So you get a faster Absolutely. game, a better game. Yeah. And, uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the impact. So just to set the table a little bit, uh, to our very, very kind and gracious uh, podcast audience that grew at remarkable leaps last year, and thank you. As a subscriber, Chad, I should say, versus a listener. Anyone who listens and watches the show, we thank. Anyone who's out there, if you follow us, subscribe us, great. But we thank everyone for the for the tremendous year last yeah, year. Yeah, and this year we're going to a little caveat, a little wrinkle. We're going to have something towards the end of the show. We can't tell you at what time frame. That would be cheating. But we're going to have something in there for the first response. We're going to give you a number. We're going to give you a question. It's not going to be terribly tricky. But the first response uh, we'll get a we'll get a lunch. So we figured this whole thing out, and we're excited about it. But Ray, you're not you're not eligible, Ray. Sorry, you know, not not that you would know the answer, but just in case. You buy me enough dinner, <laughs> yeah. so I, I I'm happy. You'll pass where I'm on at. that. So that here, yeah. how, about, how about this trend? I'm just I'm not going to kill you with the data, but here we go. Two eighteen for two twenty two. Five years. Major League Baseball batting averages two four. I'm going to start. Everything's going to start with eighteen. Two four eight five two four five four 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 three. Pretty consistent. Um, here we go with uh, on base percentage: three eighteen, three twenty three, three twenty two, three seventeen, three twelve. Uh, slug: four oh nine, uh, four thirty five, four eighteen, four eleven, three ninety five. Uh, OPS: seven twenty eight, seven fifty eight, seven forty, seven twenty eight. 706 so we're we're off considerably on the first three year 18 19 20 averages down now the hits and strikeouts uh they were 41,000 tied with each other in 18 42,000 tied in 19 forget 20 with a short uh in 21 uh, the strikeouts start to win all right so we tilt the meter 39,008 hits 42,145 strikeouts. So you kind of predict on the four-year data that 22 will be less hits yet and maybe 43,000 strikeouts. And I I pose the question to you, two baseball experts. It was 39,675 hits, uh, a little lower, and 40,812 strikeouts of 1500 1600 less strikeouts i did double down on the games uh the games of course they have to play a full regular season so it always comes out to like 48 48 so it's not the number of games why did strike so hits basically stays the same in 22 versus 21 why did strikeouts guys go down from 42 145 and 21 to 40812 in 22, we'll go with Raymond first. I am totally shocked. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I would have thought the opposite, of course. So did I. Just because, just because of this whole 
you know, we're, we're back and, and swinging and, 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 and small balls gone and contact and runners, with, you know, less than two outs on, on third base. And so I'm shocked, Chuck, that, that it would be trending in that, in that direction. I thought it would just be the opposite, totally, you know, totally other way. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me, just the way the game's played and, and just everything that's changed. To me, that statistic just doesn't line up. I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, past five years, I do find it as as definitely surprising as an anomaly. Basically, the balls in play are up about 3,500 more or so, give or take, from 2021. With the pitching. Yeah, with the pitching and you know being as dominant as it has been. With the runs per game down, but balls in play up, there's definitely some anomalies that we're seeing where there was just a lot more put-outs last year. Um, whether that's a combination of fly balls, ground balls, whatever it was, really, I do. I am definitely very, very surprised to you know to see that. And I, get, I think it'll be fascinating to see how the early averages do compare to to last year and prior years when we start to quickly see how much of an impact is the shift going to have on this game. Um, and so this year, the past first month of baseball, I think, was the most exciting it's ever been with the rule changes, in my opinion, for because I can't wait just to measure this data and really see what the impact so, is. So if I may, and I'm, I'm probably going to feel really compromised because one of our smart baseball fans and listeners is, go, is going to text me the answer, and I'm going to feel like an idiot. I'd like to conjecture this. It looks, it appears as if, We've hit, we've leveled off in the decline, gentlemen, of baseball batting averages. It was 272 before this. I didn't go back that far. And now we hit 245, 44, 43. So it looks like we're just, if it were a stock, we're developing a baseline. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Our hits, pretty much constant, but all of a sudden our strikeouts are substantially down. Hitters are so good that they've adjusted to the increase in speed, not miles per hour. Everybody jumps on us when we say this. We're not insinuating that pitchers now throw 105 and we've never seen speeds like the current game. What we're saying is that pitching speed, Velo, has hit the max, peaked, but more of them throw 96 miles an hour, right? We're all, we're the hitters have adjusted. Absolutely. Yeah, the hitters have adjusted. The hitters have adjusted. There's more balls being put in play. That's the answer, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the balls in play last year was the highest since uh, 2018. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Could you give us a little bit of a foundation for that number? I mean, I'm looking at at um, basically per game numbers, okay. but the balls okay. in play last year was, you know, it's, it's decimals 24.41 versus every other year was 23 or low 24s. 24.8, though, in 2017, so uh, actually. Co- contact ratio is up. Very, very slightly per yeah, game, yeah. Yeah, yes. but when you add up but, but, all the games, yep. Yeah. Yep. But, Chuck, now you got it. You, you're playing now where we don't bunt anymore. Like I said before, runner runner in scoring position with less than two outs. Guys aren't leaning and, and, and slapping. They're, 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 they're swinging from, from their heels. I just don't – I mean, of course, I think there's more pitchers that are throwing harder and straighter, and, and, and of course, hitters are putting the ball in play more. But it just doesn't add up with the with the entire. And, and, and let me let me flip the script. Do we go back now, Chuck, to to, to maybe more bunting, more slashing, more more uh, uh, safety squeezes and whatnot? It, 
Listen, what I'm going to have, I'm real interested in in Chad's uh, input. The me, yes, because we're playing a game, and I can't say with less runs because the son of a gun. When you look at the runs per year, it goes back a hundred years. The same exact number. You're looking for the number to be drastically different, like three, and it still keeps you at that four point two five for a hundred years. It's how you get the four point two five, right? But yeah, it would be in my game. Uh, I mean, in the in the ninth inning, you know, to not bunt that guy over, and a lot of teams don't do it. And I wonder if this is. I don't know how many games want the extra innings. But you know teams try to hit the ball to the right side to move the guy over, right? So yeah. maybe there's more ground outs in all the extra inning games at night that he which factors into this a little bit because you really are giving yourself up to pull the ball or hit the ball the opposite way to move that guy over. And the reason they do that, and you guys agree with this, versus bunt strategically is that when you try to advance the runner from second on a ground ball, you may have an error or you may knock it through the infield, right? When you bunt, you've given up that that first out. But, yeah, I mean, I believe small ball more than ever uh, because I was going to say the scarcity of runs, but that part's not true. We're still scoring about the same amount of runs because of the home runs, you know, being up. Yeah, home runs is high. So, I mean, the the problem with baseball isn't, runs it's just the time that's why we're seeing all these changes this year it's just time you're exactly right but when you talked about bunting there was only uh looks like 390 sack bunts last year yeah uh obviously that's an all all time low where it used to be years where there was you know 1500 2000 something like that or a little below 2000 but bunting's a lost start now it's not practice it's not um a lot of people don't believe it's statistically advantageous to give bunt. Up, give up an uh, I believe it is because I don't think they're considering the mental part of baseball and how many errors happen on bunts, actually. But that's a whole other argument for I, a whole other day. I'd like to give you and Ray my second question, proposition, observation. Here we go. And I'm going to shorten it because I, I didn't do such a good job of shortening the first one. I'm going to do a better job here. Harper, Hoskins, Schwarber, Castellanos, and Turner. All five players the key players the only one out of this is jt all five players coming off of down years in 22 compared to 21 in most cases significant for example harper one zero four four ops in 21 877 ops last year hoskins slug 530 460 Schwarber OPS, 957 in 21, 827 last year. Castellanos, we know about him. He's off 300 in, in slugging. But even Turner last year compared to 21, 911 OPS, 21, 809. Now, that's spectacular in 22. When you add it all up, these five players are off like 30-something percent from their 21 years as a group, and they're like 30 years old, right? Are we seeing the beginning of age and production measured by slug and OPS, and does it come back the other way? Or is it, and this is below the pitching curve, Chad, that I looked at, okay? Just at four, better pitching, but more balls in play. Uh, it gets a little complicated. Is this the beginning of a core group of players that's, 
aging out and being less productive, Ray? Absolutely. Yep. And I'll tell you why. You've already sent me six pages <laughs> on Turner. <laughs> but Chuck, you're, but when you read it, you're right. But I think it even goes further. You know, as you look at, you know, the prospect, the guys that are coming up now, you know, 6'7", 6'4", 230, 240. You know, I, I look at those 70 baseball cards from the 70s, and I'm like, where are, where's one guy that looked like that? But I think it has to do with what they're doing to their bodies. In addition to everything else, they're just not aged, and they're not aging well. I mean, like you just said, look at the numbers. You got guys in their prime, supposed supposedly prime, you know, and they're and they're, and they're what's twenty nine supposed to be your prime? I think, just about on. starting to come out of it. Yeah, early out of prime year. Yeah, right, right, right. So, so uh, they're the numbers. They're, these guys should be look like I said about Trout. Guy hasn't he, he's almost disappeared. Like you, you really don't think much about Trout. You know, as as the the you know player of of the uh, face of the league and everything. Well, I, um, I, I, yep. It, yep. It, then you got Harper, who we thought was done or or really heading that way, and, and has an MVP year, close to another MVP year. I mean, his his postseason was MVP. Um, so, yes, and sometimes these guys jump up at the end, I guess, to, to, to surprise you. I know Chad has a good response. Hold it for one second. I have a trivia question of 486 potential games that Harper could have played. That's three seasons of baseball at 162 of 486 potential games played. How many games did Harper play? I would say, uh, 300, 280. It's going to look like we rehearse this three, 300. Is it? Yeah. Is it actually? Well, yeah. I did a, not look at that. That's, that's a promise. I, I, I had no idea. I was just that's, that's a lot of missed baseball. That's a lot of missed baseball. Trout, trout, Trout's worse. So between the two of them, you know, they're playing you know, 60% of the schedule. They, as Boa said about Abreu, you know what, Chuck? He posted up. And, it, and for whatever reasons, people are going to say, well, Harper didn't play and get hit in the, in, the, in the eye. And all that's true. I mean, God bless the guy. How, how What a competitor he is and all that. He's a gladiator. He's a warrior, as they say. But bottom line is you can't keep these superstars on the field. Look at San Diego. And what was your answer, Chad? To well, the, there's. The, I'm, we're bouncing around a few yep, points here. Sorry. But the point yep. is Harper's second half last year, he never bounced back. He was terrible in the second half by most statistical measures. So the question is how much can he, is he you know, will he have this MVP season this year, 2023, or will he carry forward? May, may he? May he never? Maybe he might never be the same player again. Getting hit in the right. face. We don't know. Well, that was, I guess, all the injuries. Maybe, maybe not my best point. But no. But what I wanted to what to show and say was that Trey Turner's numbers last year in 2022 were worse than 2019, 2020, and 2021. That's something. And last year, he had Freddie Freeman hitting behind him, who led MLB in hits and doubles and the NL in plate appearances, runs, and OBP. Great point. And he had Mookie Vets in front of Turner. And despite that, Turner was worse than 2019, 2020, and 2021. So in my opinion, I think Trey Turner is going to start his decline. I do believe he's personally overrated for what we're paying him. But that's neither here nor there. He's on the team, and we got to... I think the Phillies... They have about a two-year window 
maybe a three-year window to win. You'll take a Trey Turner, Ray, that bats 285 instead of his 318, uh, gets on base at 330 instead of his lifetime career, slugs you 450, and OPS is you 820. Are you okay with that, Trey Turner? Yeah, and would yeah. you give you twenty five home runs? Yeah, roughly? that's that's what all that projects out to, right? So, so we're we're all making the point that the guys at thirty years old are on the decline. Naturally, can't stop time, and uh, when you put them together, it doesn't mean that we can't have good run production. Well, what what I pivoted off of was indeed run production, and when was the Phillies? Uh, best year for run production. And I was kind of shocked to see this, that run production, as you guys both know and appreciate, anything plus five run production is above major league average and puts you in the driver's seat to get the postseason and do well. The Phillies 08 world championship team was four, nine, three and ninth in the league. Their best team win, win wise, 2011 was 13th with run production, um, and 21 was 4.53, no big deal, middle of the pack, 14th, and 22, last year they moved up to 7th. Why was the 2020 Phillies the best ever in run production? Isn't that the shortened season? But yeah, but still, I know you're going to come back with that, damn it. I had to <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> All right, he's going to make the dilution point, but it's all adjusted <laughs> against. There's still six, right? F- 5.10, right? Uh, because they had a higher on base percentage at 345. They got on base more. They got to get on base. So and they sure. scored more. They had some of the same cast of characters, but not as good as this group or last year's group but they scored more runs per game than any other team. That's something else, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it's all about scoring and getting on base and getting in, into those opportunities. And that's the whole question about will this Phillies do it? I mean, they're already at a huge disadvantage with Harper missing, whether yeah. it's half the year or something close to that. So it's it's a tough spot. I mean, if you look at really their their lineup, um, it's, it's really not that impressive Ooch. of a lineup. I mean, it's really, really right, not. Right, right. Am I sensing a negative undertone here by the Wiz? Is that what we're getting? They'll blow this podcast up in Philadelphia. We'll, I mean, we'll let go. me run through the projected lineup right now for yep, opening yep. day. And he did get married, Chuck. Yep. <laughs> and the the there's there's no doubt in my opinion the best thing we're gonna see is Trey Turner leading off and not Kyle Schwarber. Because I don't believe sure. we said last year Schwarber yep. belonged in the leadoff spot. Touche. So we have Turner Correct. leading off. It's going to be Schwarber second. Hoskins third. That's already the first kind of eyesore. You know, the fact that he's our best third option hitter. JT fourth. Castellanos fifth. This is with Harper out. Right? Yeah, Derek Hall sixth. And then Boehm, Stott, and Brandon Marsh, Marsh yeah. to wrap up your lineup. And when you look at the OPS projections for these guys, there's two guys over 800, and that's Trey Turner, who's barely over 800, and Kyle Schwarber, who's at 840 at the cost of a 230 average, though, and very inconsistent. And then from there, we really start to just drop off. And these guys are only getting older. So yeah. if Hoskins doesn't have a big bounce season, if JT can keep doing what he's doing, there's a lot of just questions here. What's, what's Castellanos going to do? I mean, last year was a huge disappointment for him. I know a lot of people think he's going to have this bounce back year. He was settled in Philadelphia. And let's really hope that's true. Because if he can 
But if he if he produces like he did in Cincinnati, or like he did last year, that's a that's to, two totally different players. And, and remember, you took away you took away your second baseman that made the most contact in the lineup. That's a good point. You, you, you traded him, so you kind of you know what I mean. You you, you broke even, or, or is, is it a fair to say that that's you know an equal trade? Or well, the the unfortunate reality is the Phillies don't have any guy who's really prolific at getting on base. Our our highest OBP guy is going to be Turner at three forty. To Ray's point, I ran Segura knowing that was going to come up. By you geniuses, and he's 282, 93, 43, 50, slash 723, 800. Doesn't strike out. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he, his offensive numbers were way above uh, wooden against replacement for an average uh, second baseman. So before you go plus run production, correct, when you take him out, and now you start the season without Harper. So if you yeah. said just, just, Face value question: If you take Segura out, of course you have to put somebody back in, and you yep. take Harper out, you put Turner in. Are the Phillies better? No, no, not close. So your run production of last year, I think I said it was four point five three. Scrambled through my paper here, um, could actually take a hit to Chad's point, and everybody's four point six one. Everybody's up in arms, not realizing. That Stott's not giving you Segura's uh, run production, and Correct. and Harper's out, and there's a bit of a trade-off going on between Turner, but he's also in decline. So it could actually be not ugly, but it could be a slow start. Run production-wise, don't forget you're going to open up against DeGrom in Texas. You get to their number two pitcher and then go to New York. And we haven't even talked about defense yet. I mean, if you look at this <laughs> diamond, the only right. position where I'm comfortable is catcher. And JT, I you know, is still the best catcher in baseball. There's no doubt about that. But first base with Hoskins, he was dropping oh, routine cool. balls right at him yeah. last year and balls through his legs. Second base with Stott, I think he's an average oh, second he'll baseman. Be, he'll, he'll, be, he'll, he'll hold his own for sure there. But I want to yeah. give him more time. It's still early. Wait to hear the defensive numbers on Turner. Shortstop at Turner, he's below average. He's last year amongst all shortstops. <gasps> We're getting in trouble. He right? was 13th amongst all shortstop ah. with minimum 100 games. That's true. 13th defensively. That's not above average. How do they give him the title? Top five player, and I just said it again the other day on TV. Guys, I got to give us all a warning here. This is our first podcast. If if the end of the show, if the theme of our podcast is Turner Stinks, no. we're going to get right out of town. We're going to be going I, past New York. I, I'm just going through all the papers. Just me. Look, I, I, turn I, me against this guy. <laughs> My God, I like the trade until I read that guy's a psychopath. Hey, the stats never lie. I mean, I was Eddie amazed by his wife. The guy hit the stop. We know that. No, no, we're good um, there. Um, look, go I, I believe that Turner is a top five shortstop, but I, I don't think he's better than Swanson or Bogarts or Lindor or the uh, or no. Correa. But the point is, you know, we we have Turner, and he's. 13th last year out of 100 guys, 100 minimum 100 games at shortstop. I guess it's technically above average, but it's not where people think he is, maybe in a top five, something like he's that. Not a Defensively, guy. he's good, but he's not any of the things special to write home about. And then we go to third base with Alec Bohm, and he had a tail of two halves last year. Awful first half, better second half. Let's hope he can continue, but it doesn't get much better. 
We go to left field with Schwarber, who is one of the worst left fielders in baseball. We go to right field <laughs> with with Castellanos, who the had butchers. a great postseason. The he butchers. finished the season strong because the Phillies actually moved him more to his right because he comes, he goes to his right well. I believe he doesn't go to his right well, but he goes left really well. So they made some adjustments for him there. And then we have Marsh in center field, who's a blow average center fielder, but people don't believe that either because they don't look at the numbers right. So we have a, a, a defensive liability here. This team is going to be one of the worst defensive teams in baseball again. And it didn't show up right till late in the postseason, right? Remember the catches we made in right field with Castellanos? Oh, made yeah. Two identical and all that That's stuff. That's because the Phillies moved him they to his right. Him. They did move Because he goes left strong. <laughs> That's did. actually what now, they did. It, it, was, great, it was a great, it was great coaching bench, by the Phillies. Great It really bench was. Coaching. I mean, those were game-ending catches. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But just to put Chad's point in, in a metric... Uh, uh, understanding. So Turner's RF9, which is kind of easy, folks, if you're starting to get a little bit, you know, uh, bored in, in the stats. RF9, range factor per nine innings. So that, that's not tough. He's a 366. Uh, the, uh, that's uh, all time shortstops. That's 159th. But you do have to, once again, take the lid off the stats, dive in. What was Boa by comparison? You're not going to believe this. It's going to blow your hat off your head, Ray. 4.80 career RF9. Uh, Bo is 39th all time. So wow. you say, well, let's take a bad shortstop that we all know had zero range. And what name comes to mind faster than Derek Jeter? Okay. Jeter was 4.04 career RF9. Still, you know, significantly ahead of Turner. So then I took it and adjusted it for today's game because there's got to be less chances there are, yeah. with, with more strikeouts, which we all know. And he's still at the bottom of the current shortstops. Now, they're all below BOA. So, yes, RF9's down across the board. That's a good adjustment, good catch that we make. But of the group, Turner is still at the bottom of that. Uh, last year, the guy who I can never pronounce his name, Adrian Simmons. What's his first name? Simmons, the guy with a rifle. I know who you're talking he, about. Yeah, yeah, he was 4.46 at the top. Didn't play much because he's all of a sudden he stopped hitting, never get it great. Uh, but he's an active shortstop with a 4.46 RF9 against Turner's 3.66. That puts it in a modern world uh, current setting. He lacks range. We don't know why, because I think he's 6'3", and he's quick as hell. 6'2", 190, 185, yeah. Fastest guy in baseball. So it's mental. It's the what's going to happen on the next pitch. When I said to Bo, he's sitting alongside of me, and it's not that big. He doesn't have length. He, he's taller than you think when you meet him, right, Chad? He's thinking yeah, he's going yes. to be 5'9 when he walks in, and he's six foot. I said, Bo, how did you get to the balls you got to? You had Schmidt alongside of you, the vacuum cleaner, eating up a lot of balls to his left. And he said, Chuck, it's all metal. It's just knowing what lefty's going to throw, and I'm breaking. I'm, I'm shading guys. Before we were told, you know, to fade and shade and shift, I was doing it on my as Utley was, which is why Utley has better numbers than Trio. That'll stop everybody in their tracks. What? Well, you know, don't tell me that Chase Utley has better numbers than Manny Trio. Much better, not even close defensive run saved. They're like 400 uh, people apart. Uh, trio's like 540, and Chase is like, you know, 36 all time. It's crazy. Mental. You know, Trio. There's a guy that got everything out of 
knowing what pitch was coming, yep, you know, yep. shortstops are flashing each other. Because I got to tell you, how does this guy get cut from his high school team? <laughs> not once, not twice, but four years. The guy was a fluke. If a uh, junior college coach didn't watch him play summer ball, you never – the guy goes and does construction. Yeah. And here's a guy we never knew about, and he, and, and he just keeps beating – all these $300 million guys we signed, his statistics pick up. And when you watch him, you know, he's not, you know, Ozzie Smith out there when you watch him in the 70s, with you know, the clips and, and the highlights. I mean, it's just unbelievable how this man did what he did with the body he had. It, it's unbelievable. Let's talk about how this team stacks up. I know we're rolling up here. We've got about 15 left. How's uh, How does the squad look, uh, Ray? What are your thoughts? Well, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. However, <laughs> next year, no. <laughs> it just was so amazing last year. What can I say? I have them going to the playoffs, yep. and I think they're going to be uh, at, least, you know, at least a top three yeah. team. Uh, yeah. You, know, but. you don't have them winning the division at all East, right? No, no. I mean, if you look at the projections, so with Harper out, you can put an asterisk on it. We're projecting to be 85 and 77 right now. That's two games, two games worse than last year. We were at 87 wins. Yeah, I struggled to believe that, but we just explained why that can happen. We well, didn't get, we didn't Harper get out's a big thing, but it maybe say Harper's worth two games. You're telling me this team isn't better than last year's Phillies? Because that's what the number says, that we're not really better than last year's Phillies. If you maybe give Harper two or three games, maybe we're marginally better. The point is, if you account for Harper, we're either the same or slightly better than last year's Phillies where everyone thinks we're way improved. All right, guys, Chad just gave me such an open that I swear to you this is not rehearsed. I didn't think I'd use this data, but because Chad just said that, I have to. So, wins against replacements. What does a player add in wins against the average replacement player? And Chad wonders why. Harper went from 6 to 2-5. This is 21 to 22. Hoskins actually went up from two to two nine. Why? Because he wasn't a negative on defense. That will stop a lot of people. To I don't trust on. War anymore. No, 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 no. He was plus. <laughs> Harper. He was okay. <laughs> Schwarber went from three two to two two, a full point. Castellanos he just breaks the bank on War. He goes from three two to a negative. Okay, so overall, <laughs> those players go from three point six to one point eight. And then you've got Turner, who went from 6'5 and 21 to 4'9, negative 1'6. So look at the decline year to year in war, Chad. And, of course, the computers in Vegas are smarter than we are. They're telling you we've already done this work, and this is what we see. Plus, take out Segura's numbers, take out Harper for the first 60, 70, 80 games. This is the net result of all that. Now, we're not real impressed with the Phillies bench. Let's go over the bench players, okay? We know we need pinching. Edmond Sosa sitting there. Hall. Um, well, Hall's going to start probably a lot of games with Harper out, but yeah, then he'll be a bench yeah, player be for bench. sure. Yeah. It's kind of a wild card. Could he develop, I guess? Uh, we have, what, Josh Harrison, I believe, who makes the roster. You know, washed up at this point. Who's the other guy, Ray? Makes. Who did Ray mention last, Ray? Uh, Cody Clements, but he's probably not. All right, so the only bench player that we like a lot is Sosa. Is that safe? Yeah, he's very, very uh, versatile. Yeah, okay, puts the ball in play. He's heady, mentally smart, and plays the heck out of defense. That's big. Look at the teams that win 
and look what Houston did with guys off the bench last year. So, you know, as football talks about their components, you know, defense, offense, and special teams, stuff like that, you know, baseball doesn't seem to give enough uh, credit to pinch hitting and the bench, both defensively and offensively, since so many games are close now with the pitching, right? And and that's a big deal because even yeah. last year, how often would Schwarber come out of the game late? Right. We, whoever we put in, was it Veerling or someone else? Right. To put someone in there who could actually catch a fly ball. I, I think the big difference is, you know, a guy like Painter comes out and just goes crazy. He could. You know, 13 and 2, 13 and 3 in the five spot. There's your if wild you're, card. That's where this team could maybe win you know, 90 games uh, and be a little more comfortable in the playoff because you're not getting Harper back like you said. And God knows what he's going to be like. Is he just going to DH? And I think it's up to the young pitchers. If they're middle relievers and a couple of starters they got and, and they're rookies, hey, look, then who knows what, who else could come up? Yeah. Abel could come up. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And give you a shot in the arm. If and that, I think that's the only way they, they go above 85, 86 wins. If the bullpen gets right and Sir Correct. Anthony's throwing the kind of gas he can throw and the other guy, Alvarado, he, he went down to the minor leagues. He's been a whole different pitcher since he came back and got Correct. things straightened out. I, I mean, I don't know what Kimbrell's going to give you, but he, he can be effective. They've got some so arms. Give you one. I think I think somebody said, I saw a clip the other day, grid that showed the average uh, velo. The velo is like 98 miles an hour on average. Out of the bullpen, fastest the Phillies have ever had. That's nuts in history. Nuts. If these guys can th- throw strikes or throw with control where they want, you know that's that's quick, man. So your starters don't look bad. You got Wheeler, you got Nola. You can't be. I too mean, yeah, let's that. look at the starters. Wheeler's going to be the one. It's the ace, the two eighty array last year. We got Nola and Ranger, who both live in the lower mid threes, respectively. And we added, uh, what was it, Tejon Walker yeah. from the Mets? Yeah. One. Big yeah. pickup there. Solid guy with a four spot. Yep. Or the three spot, I guess. Yep. yep. 3.49 ERA list. You're nothing to uh That's nothing, good. nothing. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah. And then the fifth spot will be Bailey Falter. Falter, maybe Andrew Painter later in the season. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And Falter last year, only 84 innings pitched with injuries, but 3.86 ERA. Pretty solid. What was his hits allowed the, against the I always loved the hits hitting uh innings pitch ratio. Who for Falter? Tells me a lot, yeah. I always want to see that uh, inning pitching ratio below hits, and I like to look at K per nine next. It, it, to me, that's very telling. Well, let's take a quick look. In the meanwhile, I think Painter, right to your point, uh, will be painting the corners, and it'll be up by the All-Star break. I don't think they're going to be patient enough to allow this guy to put up ridiculous numbers in the minors and not be tempted to bring him up. I mean, if this guy's allowing four hits, per seven innings in the minor, striking out two to one. You, you can't watch a guy throw 27 innings and have 54 strikeouts, and his ERA is 1.09. How long are you going to watch those gaudy numbers in AAA and not yank that guy up on the next plane or bus? Absolutely, Chuck. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely, man. He'll be up. He'll be up by the All-Star game. I got to stay healthy. I, I think in, in other teams, Chuck, they don't wait. They don't wait. But, and, and, and maybe it's good that we can. So, mm-hmm. to your point, after uh, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw with with Schorber, and it was BP, and they were playing around, you know. But you know, Schorber hit him, and he always gets that one guy. The best was they had that one guy before the uh, video shut off. 
he almost hit the highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that highways. I think you could hit the highway. Everybody's hits yeah, the highway. Well, I think, yeah, I think the turnpike must 70. be right at the right field <laughs> fence, and the fence is two seventy. Everybody hits the damn yeah. highway. What do we got, Wiz? Right. So yeah, Bailey Falter last year was um, eighty-four innings and eighty-five hits. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, not too much to get excited about in that regard. As the fifth guy, though. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it's going to be Painter, and and if it ends up being Painter, uh, Walker, Wheeler, Nola, okay, that, and you could keep that group healthy by postseason. Yeah, you know, put that rotation together in postseason. That's strong. Yeah, that, that's that's very exciting. So, will they hit better than last year? Um, you know, that's that's the question. And how much help they're gonna get off the bench. You know, defensively Chad already uh, illustrated that the team's still gonna be uh, uh slightly improved maybe, but still not good on defense. Just terrible overall. Probably. Overall terrible. Okay. What what do you guys think about the uh, shift elimination? I believe that it, it does decrease batting averages by having no shift. That's my argument. I was against the shift, so that's just me. You shouldn't hit a ball in the deep right field and get an out. Do you expect Ray to see for the first time, not that they haven't done it, they've done it. They did it several times last year, actually. The number is quite high. But do you expect to see on a more routine basis the third outfielder come in and play in a shift hole and give up the gap? Uh... I'm doing that based on you'll hit more singles than you you will triples or doubles. I'm, on that theory alone, I'm bringing my outfielder in to play the gap. I'll agree with that. I know you think the opposite, and I just will have a year for yeah. uh, you numbers guys yeah. are going to get your numbers. Yeah, yeah, we're it, we are just you know chomping at the bit to see what the batting averages are going to do. We have the data the last five years before Chad. Well, it's part and parcel of Chad's answer about the shift. Let me form it and frame it in uh, a question. So, Bud, we've got the data on the uh, the hits, batting averages, I should say, um, and hits and strikeouts. So without this shift, uh, Wiz, do you expect the hit total? I'm going to combine the last two years. So we got 30. We have to make that 40 and 39. So we're going to say we're going to say 39,500 hits the last two years. Is that number going to remain static or go up by a, by a fair amount? I think it will be mostly static. I think it will go up slightly. Ever so slightly. Yeah. The left-handed hitters that pull the ball on the ground a lot like Schwarber. Certain I'm thinking guys. maybe 3%. Tucker from Houston, Schwarber. Sure, yeah. Yeah, lefties that just rope the, rip the ball in, on the ground. Yeah. Uh, the Howard type of players will benefit. Yeah, probably because those are the guys who are are so, I guess, unable to adjust and hit the ball the other way, where they should have more benefit than others. Now we've seen data where guys got a lot of hits last year by the shift, going the opposite way. Even though fans yep. don't now th- believe those that. aren't guys like Schwarber, right? You know, of course, so that's not. why he's benefited. But guys who maybe like a Segura, you know, who who can really knock a ball around that type of guy, for instance, mm-hmm. who can go you no know, go to all fields. That hitter is probably going to have a pretty similar average because they're going to get a lot of fluke hits throughout the year. Yeah. And they're going to get some taken away from them because they roped ball to right center like Ray talked about, and you have the third infielder over there playing playing a tendency. The one thing we didn't do today was really do a deep dive to articulate all the rule changes per se. I did want to mention to our listening uh, sports enthusiasts regarding the shift defensively, 
if you're a middle infielder and you're not allowed to be over a line or an area, can you get a running start so the pitcher's in the stretch and he starts to lift his leg, come home plate, throw the pitch? Can you take off? Shortstop starts taking off like a banshee to go over second base to play the middle. No. No. No, you're not allowed to get a running start. So you're pretty much a statue until the ball's in play. And that's going to be fascinating now to see our teams playing at the brink, the furthest extreme of what's allowed, which makes it's common sense that you would do that. Uh, But I'm just really uh, piques my curiosity. You know what I can't wait to see? The rule of the shift that says if the infielders are not aligned properly at the time of the pitch, the offense can choose an automatic ball or the result of the play. So now we're looking like the NFL when you have a holding call and the ball is hiked and you got Aaron Rodgers or some other quarterback that just chucks it deep. Mm-hmm. If it's an interception, who cares? You're getting the ball back. If it's a touchdown, great. You decline the penalty. Are we going to see that now where there's a line drive in the gap? Or no, maybe even worse, like a pop-up and the inning. Well, no, no, no. It's no longer in the inning. Now it's an automatic ball. Yeah. And all the fans aren't going to know what was going yeah, on because the they're going to be watching the play. The We're going, going to be on? cheering. Big game. Maybe we just won the game in the ninth inning, but the infielder wasn't aligned properly. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Replay automatic ball. Maybe now it's ball four, too. Yeah. Instead of an out. So I think I think that's going to be a really weird rule that I, I'm going to have to watch for and see how often does it come up. Is it enforced? And then is it going to come up at the worst place, the worst possible time? Catcher's interference analogous to a little bit, right? You take the catcher's interference or the results of the play if you swing and hit a ball. Yeah. We also need to talk a little about the uh, schedule. Chad, you want to bring us up to date with the new schedule? I love this part. I really do. Basically, the number of divisional games is going to decrease from 76 to 52. So that's great for the Phillies. Each team will face your division opponent 13 times across four series. Split naturally between home and road as much as possible. And um, the biggest jump is going to be interleague, where teams are going from 20 matchups to 46, or Something almost else. twice Uh-oh. the interleagues. Yeah, man. Jeez. Which I think is good for baseball. It's crazy you know, you baseball. really want to see those matchups. Like, I don't know, like a Harper versus Trout. You don't get that much. And we're going to have a lot more of those opportunities with Judge coming around. It's, um, it's going to be great for baseball. Chad, it's going to think for those free Marlins tickets now at the end of the year. <laughs> Anybody want to go see the Marlins? No, it's all right. Yeah, their lineup looks a little bit better, though, this year. I just checked it out before I headed over to Grimley. They they should lose 74 games by one run. Anyway, <laughs> something, something like that. I think it was 74. One something, yeah, it was remarkable. But it was ridiculous, yeah. Well, I, so. I think that's uh, that's a wrap for the opening opening day show for the 2023 season. Any last comments? We're going to go to rants. Always got to have rants. Right? Are we ranting gotta, this year? Oh, got to rant. Everybody loved the rants, you know? Absolutely, positively. Right. I would like to ask our viewing audience, give me a player for the Phillies who had better career numbers than for the Phillies now. Not career, career. Career number for the Phillies had better slash numbers than Dick Allen, okay? And you can't give me uh, Mike Schmidt, all right? And you can't give me the Phillies outfielder from the 30s, 40s, uh, Klein, Chuck Klein, okay? So that's the question at 609-828-5569. First person in, you're going to get yourself a lunch. It's going to be a nice lunch, too. And we'll just uh, toy with this, and we'll we'll see how it goes. And with that, uh, you want about leadoff, Wiz, with a rant? I, I will start with a rave because... 
it was a great season last year for the Phillies. We got rid of Girardi. Philly Rob came in, led the team to the playoffs, to the World Series. It was a, it was a great year for Philly sports. Eagles turned right around, got to the Super Bowl, almost won it there. Had really should have won that game uh, if the second half performance wasn't really what it was. So just awesome year for Philly. Great time to be a Philly sports fan. The Sixers are going to be in the playoffs there. So there's a lot, a lot to be excited about right now. You know, who cares? The Phillies are projected to win 85, 87 games this year. Maybe they'll go win 90. You know, let's see. It's just a great time to be excited for Philly. And that's that's all I got this week. Yeah, no points this year. Exclusive. If you want to roll over, lay over the same point, be our guest. Uh, so I'm going to enjoy chat. Uh, a little bit of a, a random detail, detail end. Yeah, I, I say that you're for the next three years, Philly fans, what you're going to see with the three primary teams, no disrespect to hockey, it's a good time to have it if I if I did. But with the Sixers and Phillies and Eagles, you're going to see over the next three years a record win total and a record postseason uh, accomplishment. So you could do your own math on the prior best three years. I can tell you, don't look real hard for world champions because they're not out there. But over the next three years, my prediction is not only the most win total in the aggregate between the Phillies, Sixers, and the Eagles, but I'm predicting in the next three years, four world championships. The next three years. Four? Four world championships wow. in the next three years. I'll take the under. Okay. The Chad's under. Right. <laughs> now, my, my mini rant is... You know, guys like asking and whatnot, talking about the Eagles getting to the Super Bowl versus the Phillies. Would everybody please cease and desist on that ridiculous comparison? The Phillies had to play 17, 19, what was it, postseason games. A lot of them extremely competitive, come from behind wins on the road, and then knocking out the Braves to get there, San Diego to get there. The Eagles, in turn, had to play a fraud Giants team with absolutely no chance and a San Francisco team that probably would have played them neutral, but they had no quarterback. So once again, a fluke situation. So you had a fraud and a fluke and you're in the Super Bowl. Could you think, gentlemen, of an e- easier path to the Super Bowl? I mean, <laughs> by the time the players got to the Super Bowl, they weren't even using up the Bengay tubes. They weren't even sore. <laughs> you, you know what they, we were all healthy. You know what they, <laughs> you know what they say about uncompetitive or non-competitive reps, you know, is that a pitcher has press pitches because of all the stress when there's men on base and all. The Eagles players didn't have any competitive reps by the time they got to the Super Bowl. They were, like, well-rested because they checked out on half the plays. I mean, you, people were wondering why they were flat in the second half, you know, in some areas against San Francisco because the players knew they couldn't lose the game when that joke of a ninth-string quarterback came in. So as far as the two paths go, it's probably the most drastic change in, in way to get there in the history of sports between what the Eagles had and the Phillies path to get to the World Series and win a couple games. All right? Yeah. I rest on that. There's not much pushback to that, right? Absolutely I, not. It's all, all you, Ray. Uh, it's all you, big guy. I just want to I want to welcome everybody back. It is so good to be back. We had no snow this winter. Baseball starting. What a run last year. I, I mean, it, it really was something I think that the city needed. And I just want to continue from that. 
and like I said, we're going to have a great year. You're going to have great guests. We're going to have ex-major leaguers stopping by and, and the show's revamped and it's just going to be a great year. And I just want to say one thing, Scotty Rowland, wear your damn card. Don't have to the hall of fame. We didn't want you anyway. <laughs> that, that's my only rant. Well, as yeah. always, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever else is out there, you'll find us there. Get us on our website, speaking of our Twitter, the speaking of sports podcast. That's the, the handle speaking of sports with some underscores in there. Instagram. We are speaking of sports as well. TikTok at speaking of sports. Pretty much speaking of sports anywhere you'll find us. Have just type to subscribe, it in. Subscribe though. That was the issue last year. We didn't ask you to subscribe last year. Uh, I was notifying like three hundred friends a week. What can they do this year, bud? Well, if you're on Apple, just press that little plus button in the top right corner of your phone. You'll be subscribed to the show. It's as easy, easy as that. Easy. I, I wasn't subscribed last year. I couldn't it's figure as it easy, out. It's as easy as that. If you win the trivia question, I take your butt to lunch, and you're not subscribed. I ain't going to pick up the lunch tab. They got to subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Last year, we ended up in the top 3% uh, podcast in the country. That was cool. We'd like to end up in the top 1%, which means we need to basically double what we did last year is the math, I think. We got to keep growing. New producer and Rich. Rich, great to have you on board. Jimmy's still around, which is great. Al's took some early retirement after a great year, but he's going to be a call-in guest, so we're looking forward to Coach Al. And it's great having the big guy back, Ray Scipione. Did I say that right, Ray? Is that your last name? Close enough. Close enough, all right? <laughs> all right sounds good, Ray. I'll talk to you guys. That's a wrap, Great guys. talking to you guys. See you later. See you next Monday.